hello. We are now live back to our regularly scheduled program. Last night we went live late at night. Still had a great turnout. Um, but according to the feedback, it's kind of a toss up whether we're going to do this in the morning or in the evening. But right now we're going to keep doing this in the morning. Uh, if you're new here, welcome to Devore Darkens Live, a podcast Monday through Friday. Uh, that's all about helping you get what you want out of life. And really, the simple way that we do that uh, is helping you discover your purpose. The second thing is reprogramming your subconscious mind, your mindset. Because if you don't change your mindset, how are you going to get what you want, right? Uh, and the bottom line here is if you're getting any value from this, make sure you do like the show, okay? And that you subscribe. Uh, also, this podcast is sponsored by the Purpose Conscious University. This is an online platform that's dedicated to helping you live your purpose in life. Uh, so many people around the world, of course. And there is a free community that you can join. Uh, and you can access that by going to the description of my YouTube channel, and you can hit the link there. Now, what I'm doing right now in this moment is I'm TikTok glitched out on me, guys. So again, this is why I say if you're on another platform and you have any connection issues, always go to YouTube. Um, but we are fixing that right now. Um, so yeah, you can go over to my link in bio and access the free community if you haven't already. Um, we do free uh, weekly training classes. Actually, we're going to have one later on today. Um, and so it's free. Just go there, sign up, and you'll get access to the community. Uh, also, this is recorded, so you can go back and rewatch this. Absolutely, you can. Um, and we get a lot of feedback every day. So if you're a person who has... Uh, a topic you want me to get into, a question you really want me to dedicate a show to answering, uh, don't hesitate to DM me. I, I do check my DMs very often, uh, especially on TikTok. So don't hesitate to do that either. Uh, let's see here. I think we're almost ready to go. Um... I had to basically start TikTok all over again. All right. Now we're good. I think we should be good now. It's just part of the process. Part of the journey. All right. We're we're all now we're good. We're on TikTok finally. Uh YouTube is good. Facebook is good. Instagram was still acting up, so I'm not even going to go go there right now. So anyways, main topic for today is what? How do you effectively communicate with others even if you are an introvert? Now, why as a mindset coach and a mentor would I bring up this topic today? Well, in order to get what you want in life, you're going to have to effectively communicate what you want with others. You're going to have to work with other people to get to where you want to go. That's exactly what's going to have to happen. So that's what the main topic today is all about. And I'm going to show you exactly what I've been able to do because 
if we're going to put labels on people, I would fall into the category of an introvert. So how do you effectively communicate? And as a mindset coach, I have so I have so much to talk about when it comes to this because it's all in the mind. Effective communicators when it comes to communicating, excuse me. I have hair in my mouth. <laughs> Um, they, whenever they're communicating, they're in control of their mindset. Let's just say that they have a great deal of self-control. They really do. So we are going to, um, we, we are going to get into that. We are absolutely going to get into that today because I found in my own life, that sooner or later you hit a point where you have to work with other people. This It doesn't matter if this is in your relationship, uh, this is at work, your, your friends, business partners, you're going to have to effectively communicate with people. And I find that when we don't know how to do that, uh, we don't really put ourselves in position to get the things that we really want. And sometimes what will happen is because we don't know how to effectively com communicate, we end up sending the wrong messages to people, whether that is verbally, non-verbally, even if it's in a text or an email, because we don't understand how to effectively communicate. Again, this is a topic that we know we don't really learn in school. So we're going to talk about it today. So if you're just joining me right now, this is Devore Darkens Live. It's a podcast that I host Monday through Friday that's dedicated to helping people around the world get what they want. That means you, helping you get what you want out of life. And obviously the next question is, well, Devore, how do I get what I want out of my life? Well, the way that I love teaching this stuff is one, it starts with purpose. You have to have a burning desire to get what you want out of life. And number two, you got to change your mindset. And so part of effectively communicating with others takes you changing your mindset about communication in the first place. So that's why we're going to talk about that today. And why you're going to want to listen is because people who can effectively communicate usually are individuals that not only can get what they want, but they can influence others, they can lead others, they're going to make a lot of things happen. This goes back to what I was talking about last night. I said there's a difference between an individual who's getting education, who's gathering education, and a person who is educated. We think a person who's educated, society thinks a person who's educated, they think they're educated because of the degrees that they hold. Just because a person has multiple degrees does not mean they know how to effectively communicate, does not mean they know how to build relationships, does not mean they know how to deal with conflict, does not mean that they know how to go out there and get what they want out of life does not mean that. In fact, I would say most of the time it's the opposite. They don't get what they want out of life. 
that doesn't mean you shouldn't hold multiple degrees. It just means that we need to have a different understanding. More knowledge is not going to be the answer. Application of specialized knowledge is the answer. Application of what you already know you should be doing is the answer. And that's not what you're going to learn, obviously, in school. And that's not a bad thing. It is what it is. So that's what, what this is why we want to really take in what I'm going to talk about today. Because I think this is a message for myself. I think this is a message directly for you and anybody else in your life. And this is going to answer a lot of questions why there are some people you may know personally that walk in the room and they have no problem communicating with other people. You walk in the room and you feel awkward. You walk in the room and you don't even know how to start a conversation. And guys, this is coming from someone who historically I never really uh, favored um, small talk. I'm a guy who loves to engage in conversations that are deep and that have meaning. And so you can't always have conversations like that uh, with people sometimes, right? There's a time limit. There's you're passing through, you know. So trust me, I've had a lot of growing up to do as well when it comes to effectively communicating. And the better I've been able to get at my communication, the better I've been as a mindset coach with my own clients, and the better I've been as a husband. So take it for what it's worth. Um, this is only going to help you get what you want out of your life because you're going to be able to effectively communicate. Now, where do we start? I think we start with the basic concept that we've all know about, that we know we've had some issues with time and time again. And that's this whole concept of reacting versus responding. Before I get into these principles of how to effectively communicate, I want to visit this concept of reacting versus responding. Because I find that our ability to communicate will always come down to how we either react or respond. How we react or, or respond, which is a choice. We get to choose if we're going to react emotionally and be out of control or we're going to respond with confidence, calm, poise, focus, right? That, that is a choice. And when I say react emotionally and then you're out of control, that's not just reacting towards other people. That's towards yourself too. You can be going into an important meeting and you start to emotionally react inside towards yourself, right? You start going into this whole, oh my God, am I going to mess up? Do I look okay? What are they going to think of me? That's you getting out of control emotionally with yourself internally. So it's not just you reacting to a situation and, and becoming triggered and expressing that negativity towards somebody else. You can also be expressing that ne negativity towards yourself. So we want to understand the concept of reacting versus responding. Reacting is always based on ignorance, people. You truly should write that down. Reacting is based on ignorance Simply not knowing. Not knowing. 
you may know of, but do you understand, right? That's what reacting is based on. It's based on because you're ignorant, you start to doubt and worry. Because you doubt and worry, you develop the emotion called fear. And when you have that fear controlling you, now you're feeling anxious, you have anxiety, now you're tense, you're uptight. That's how it happens. So now when you go to communicate, you're communicating from a place of anxiety. Well, that's not a good message to send to anybody. It really isn't. Why? Because the energy we send out is the energy we get back. It's that simple. It's that simple. So we want to know and we want to really understand that we do, you do, have the ability to choose whether you are going to react or respond. Now get this. That doesn't mean you're not going to emotionally get upset at times. But how do you respond even when that happens is very important. Right? So let's let's really think about this. When we react to something, when we're about to communicate, or in the middle of a communication with somebody, they say something, we can easily choose to get out of control emotionally and react. Or we can go to the polar opposite and respond by thinking what they said and processing it, right? By, and I'm gonna get into these principles here, uh, by understanding that, understanding your role in this communication with somebody. Understanding what this conversation is all about. Understanding that if you blow up, you know this conversation is not going to go anywhere. Understanding that if you don't speak up, how can somebody know what you want? See, it's very interesting. When it comes to reacting versus responding, that, that's all on you. Nobody else. That's a you thing. Uh, that's your responsibility. And if you, can, if you can accept that, I think you're setting yourself up to be an amazing communicator. Because it doesn't matter whether you're about to go into a conversation and you have that choice to either react in that moment or respond during the communication or conversation, during the meeting, during the presentation, you have the ability to continue to react or respond because you could see the other person's behavior. You could see their body language. You can react negatively to that or you can respond with understanding. You can lead the conversation reacting negatively or responding with understanding. I think you guys are getting the point. It's fluid. It's before, it's during, and it's after your communication with another individual. They all are important. Now, where I'm really going to put a lot of focus on is before you speak to somebody, what should you be doing? I'm also going to put a lot of emphasis on what you should be doing during and then a little bit of the after. Because again, how are you going to get what you want out of life if you cannot communicate with people? If you do not know how to speak to people, 
in a way that wants them to work with you and help you get what you want. So we're going to have to eventually address this. And as I stated in the beginning, this is 100% mindset. Communicating is 100% mindset. It's all based on the way that you think. It's how you're thinking in that moment. That's what it really comes down to. That's what it really comes down to. So we already talked about briefly about reacting versus responding. We know that's an internal choice that we get to make. We understand that. Now, what's something else we need to understand first before I get into the principles? Well, we must understand uh, a couple of things here. You already know it's your choice on whether you're going to react and respond. It is also your choice on whether or not you're going to even engage in this communication with somebody else. Oftentimes, we make the mistake of, of initiating a conversation that should not happen at that time. And we do that because of what I just talked about. We're in reaction mode. We are out of control emotionally. And we're like, I, I got to have this conversation right now. And I've had to learn this too in my life. That sometimes you do not need to have the conversation right then and there. You should wait. And that takes self-control. That takes understanding. It really does. It really does. And so again, I can go to the flip side to it and say, for the introverts who are listening, it's also important that you should have that conversation at that time. Because you may be the type of person that if you don't have that conversation at that time, you will never have it. I think you guys know what I'm talking about. So when I say, how do you start to effectively communicate with others, even if you're an introvert? The first two principles out of the gate are one, you need to be very aware of your ability to react or respond to other individuals, to other people when you're speaking to them, even to yourself. For example, if you're already upset because you're out of control emotionally and then you're going to go into the conversation and speak to that person, don't you think that's setting yourself up to not be successful? So you want to practice the habit of responding. And I'm going to give you the practical ways to do that. I'm just giving you guys some foundational principles here that you want to be able to get better at responding and uh, instead of reacting. Um, that's what you want to do. That's exactly what you want to do. Okay. Now, listen, I told you guys that when it comes to effectively communicating with people, it's all going to come down to your mindset. Your mindset. So we're going to get into some principles here. Some practical some practical things that you can be doing to effectively communicate even if you are an introvert. Okay? Now, remember, as I go through these, you have to understand these two principles I already covered. 
It's your responsibility when it comes to your reactions and your responses. It's also your responsibility on whether you're going to have the conversation in the first place right then and there, or you're going to wait. And both sides are true at the same time. Maybe you're a person that should not have that conversation at that time because you're out of control emotionally. Maybe you're a person where you need to have the conversation, right? Not because you may be out of control emotionally, but maybe because you're a person, because you're so introverted, you don't like initiating conversations at all. So you have to take responsibility that you have to take the lead on that sometimes. You have to be the person sometimes to initiate a conversation. And you cannot be, you can't be afraid of that. And I'm going to go over how you can stop being so afraid of initiating those conversations. And by the way, these conversations are not negative, guys. They're not always negative. Effective communication is not, oh, well, how do I respond when someone's being negative? Listen, when someone's being negative, I don't even think communication is even required. Why even engage with somebody like that? So a lot of this is just the regular day-to-day stuff that's going to happen between you and your children, between you and your spouse, between you and your employees, between you and your family, between you and your colleagues. These are timeless, timeless principles that you could be applying in all aspects of your life when it comes to communicating effectively with other people. Let's start with number one. Number one is you need to know the outcome of the conversation. You need to be very clear on what the outcome that you want when it comes to this conversation. Now, let me make it clear here. I'm talking about the scenarios where you show up to work and you know there's going to be a meeting about something. Or you know you're at home and you got to have a talk with your children about something or your spouse. What is the outcome that you want? What's the outcome that you want? And you have to take that. I spoke about this uh, quite a few times already. You have to take the time for 30 seconds and truly visualize using your imagination to see how you want the conversation to end. Do you want the meeting to end successfully? Picture that in your mind. Do you want the conversation that was very intimate with your spouse to end successfully? See that in your mind. Do you want your child to walk away from your guys' conversation back to being confident and, and on the same page with you? See it in your mind first. That's what you want to do. That's principle number one. That's principle number one. And I talk about this principle quite often with people because this is a principle throughout all all areas of our life. We have to start with the end in mind when it comes to anything that we want in our life. We should always start with the end in mind. What is the outcome I'm looking to get? What is the end result that I desire? What is that exactly? That's what you want to be clear about. You want to be clear about the outcome. What is it that you want? Now, let me, I had some other notes here. Because I was talking about this the other day. 
And I think you guys would appreciate this. Okay. Give me one moment here. Because I never bookmarked it, actually. Okay. I digress. It'll, it'll come back to me. But anyways, I was giving it, I was, I was trying to find something else that I wrote down <clears throat> in regards to this principle because I was writing it down the other day. Um, it all starts in the mind. Okay. So when you see what it is that you want in your mind first, what are you doing? You're sending a message to your subconscious mind to make that happen, to attain that outcome. Now, think about this. What people usually do is before they engage in the meeting, the conversation, they see what they don't want for about 30 seconds. And what happens? They sent that message to their subconscious mind. That's why the conversation doesn't go the way that they want. Because it's their mindset, it's their energy. Understand something. What you're consciously thinking about with intensity and emotion is the message you're sending to your subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind controls your behavior. It controls your facial expressions. It controls your body language. It controls your tone. All of that. It controls your energy. So if you're sending the wrong message to your subconscious mind before you engage in communication with somebody, you're, you're not going to get a successful result. This is why it's so important to start with the end in mind. What is the successful ending that you want? And to picture that. And to feel some type of emotion around that. How would it feel to be able to sit down with your child and have a deep, productive, effective, successful outcome of that conversation? How would that feel? How would it feel if you were able to do that with your spouse? How would that feel if you were able to do that at the meeting at work with your employees or your colleagues, where everybody walks away and says, hey, you know what? I really love what, what you said. I, this, this was a great conversation. How many of you guys would love for someone to be able to say that to you? Well, in order to do that, you first need to picture that in your mind happening. You should see that happen in your mind first before you physically do anything. Now, the second point, and this is something that in my profession, all great coaches have this habit already. And I would say a lot of great leaders that I've been around in the military had this habit. Um, is this habit of asking questions and not necessarily telling somebody what to do. So think about this. As an introvert, this is amazing. Because this doesn't mean you need to dominate the conversation. In fact, you can leverage your natural skill as an introvert and just ask questions. Now, for someone who's extroverted, I don't think this is a hard thing to do either. You just have to make the intention that, hey, you know what? Let me start this off by asking a question. Now, there are particular questions you should ask, but before we get to that, just understand something. Most people, naturally, 
they want to do they want to do what? They want to talk about themselves. They want to explain what's going on. When we ask questions, it's a win-win. Number one, we get to understand what they're thinking about, how they're thinking about it, what's really going on. And at the same time, that helps us know moving forward how to communicate with them. Because what you perceive something to be may be different than the person you're speaking to. So you need to understand where are they coming from? What is it that they want? The simple, the simple point here is what does the other person want? What does the other person want? This is why you want to ask, don't tell. You want to figure out what they want. Now, given the scenario, there might be times where um, you're in a meeting and you're having to give a presentation. Are you going to ask questions throughout your presentation? No. But it definitely doesn't hurt to start off your presentation asking a question. Why? Because you get people's attention. You make people start thinking about what you're about to say. Now, in a regular conversation with somebody, why is it so essential to ask questions? Because you want to understand where they're coming from. You want to make sure that you understand what they mean when they say particular words. Because again, we know there are three sides to every story, just like there's three meanings to every word. There's the meaning that's in the dictionary. There's the meaning that you have. And then there's the meaning that the other person has. And most of the time, it never matches. So we have to take that into consideration. We have to take that into consideration. Now, let me back up a moment here and address something, because this is, this is absolutely powerful. Why is it so important to understand what I just said? Because we are all conditioned. You have a belief system that you did not create. So somebody along the line told you what these words mean. You didn't get to go learn them on your own. You were programmed to see things in, in a certain way. So is the other individual. Right? So if you're from the West Coast, or I'm from the West Coast, and you're from the East Coast in America, words have different meanings to us. You may say a particular word that I may think is positive, but you actually think is negative. Right? So this is why, instead of telling people, what if we just start asking questions to get a great understanding of what's really going on here? Think about that. You want to ask, don't tell. The three scenarios I'm using throughout today's podcast would be at work, with your spouse, and with your children. Now think about this. If you're at work, and you're the manager, and you're not asking questions, you're not getting the right information. Now, let's dive a little deeper on this. When I say questions, 
what are the questions you should be asking? Because that's the follow-up. I know that's what's on your mind. What are the questions you should be asking? Who, what, where, when, why, how? Questions. Now, let's be a little bit more clear about that. As an introvert, it was always natural for me uh, to do that. So when I would talk to people, uh, even today, even as a coach, those are the type of questions I'm usually asking. Well, what do you mean by that when you say X, Y, or Z? Why do you think that is? How did you come to see it that way? And I'm gathering all this information to understand how they've been conditioned, how they see the world, because if I can understand how that other person sees the world, I can now learn how to get in harmony with them. And I can learn how to say words that they resonate with. This is, this is, this is gold right here. Because you're going to communicate, or you communicate in your own way, and so does everybody else. If you could take the time out to learn how others are communicating and how they see the world, you're going to be able to talk to anybody. That's why I said, when you ask questions, it's easy to start a conversation. It's easy to be engaged in a conversation. Doesn't matter if you're an introvert. Now, some people will say, well, it's better to be an extrovert than it is an introvert. It's better to be an introvert or an extrovert. I would say it's best to be both. I think it's best to know when to be both. I think that's the smartest thing. Especially if you're an entrepreneur, especially if you are a leader in some capacity at work, it's really good to have both to know when to just sit there and ask questions and listen, and then when to actually walk in a room and take charge and initiate things. I think knowing the balance between that is a powerful concept. But regardless, whether you're an, ext an extrovert or an introvert, regardless if you even believe in those terms, the principle here is you want to ask questions and not get into the mode of trying to tell people and run the conversation. You want to know exactly what is going on. Which leads to number three. You want to listen. Don't rush. Now I'd say this is a... This is something that everybody always needs work in because we live in a, a world that is so fast today that we're always in a rush to get to the next thing and we're not really present with people. So we want to develop this habit of actively listening and not rushing the conversation. Are you going to be perfect when it comes to these principles all the time? No, but can you get better at this? Absolutely, yes. And if and by you getting better, just think about this. What if you got 10% better with these principles that I've been talking about so far today? How big of an impact would that make? 
how better would your communication be with others? How better would it be? So as I go through these, don't get into the mindset of like, oh, well, you know, Devor, you make it sound so easy, man. I can't do that. Yes, you can. You can get better at this. I'm not saying you're going to be perfect. But you can perfect these. You can implement these in the way that you communicate with others. So let's get to it. Number three is listen, don't rush. How do you listen to somebody? You look them in their eyes. You match their body language. You stop thinking about everything else outside of you and you just sit there and listen and you're seeking to understand what they're saying. I honestly believe that everybody in some capacity is a leader and a coach. And a great coach knows how to ask questions. They also know how to listen. A great leader knows how to listen. So uh, I don't think this is in industry specific. I don't think this is a professional thing. I think this is a, a human thing. I think this is a success principle your ability to listen and not rush. Be present in the moment to truly understand what the person's saying. Remember, principle two, you're asking questions. You're asking questions. You're figuring out what's going on. Why is that? Give me an example of that. What do you mean when you said boom, 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 boom? Okay, well, what's your, what's your view on it? Okay, can you give me an example of that? So what are you doing? You're, you're getting all this information, and then you want to listen. Don't rush, just listen. So it clicks in your mind the way that they see things. Okay? Now, to make sure that you're effectively communicating with somebody, principle number four is very essential. You need to summarize often. That means repeat back what they said to you. Why? So they know that you're listening. It's not, there's nothing like being in a conversation or in a meeting and you feel like nobody's listening. Right? So you want to be able to summarize and that holds you accountable to listening because you know you're going to have to repeat back what they said. So you got to listen. And not rush. And you can't listen if you're not asking questions. Because if you're talking the whole time, you're not listening to anything. And why would you be out of control in that way? Is because you didn't do first principle number one. What is the outcome of this communication? What's the end result that you're looking for? So let's go through these again. Number one, what is the outcome of this conversation? Whether it's with your children, your spouse, or at work, what is the outcome you're looking to get? What is it that you want? Number two, ask, don't tell. Why? Because you want to understand what that other person wants. You want to understand what they are thinking about. You want to understand how they see things. Why is that? Because that helps you communicate more effectively and start using language that they resonate with. Number three, to do that effectively, you're going to have to listen and not rush. 
You listen with your eyes, you listen with your facial expressions, you listen with your body language. Number four, you need to summarize very often. You need to repeat back what they said so they know you're listening. So they know that you're listening. Now just think about that. If you're a parent on this show today, when's the last time you sat down for 30 seconds? For 30 seconds before you knew you had to have an important conversation with your child and you truly sat there and you imagined the ending result of that conversation. You saw that you and your child walked away from the conversation happy and on the same page. When's the last time you did that? From the managers in the room, when's the last time you did that with your employees? Or for the spouses in the room, when's the last time you did that with your partner? See, the energy we, we bring into a conversation is hands down everything that makes the conversation what it's going to be. If your energy is lack and scarcity and anger and resentment and jealousy, it's just negative energy. That's what you bring to the conversation. So that's what you're going to get back. But if you bring positive energy to a conversation, which is based on understanding, of course, then what are you setting yourself up to receive? What type of conversation are you setting up to experience, setting yourself up to experience? This is why you need to know the, what the outcome is. You need to know what it is that you want and you need to see it. And then you need to ask questions. You want to understand what's going on. You really want to understand what's going on. Most people don't do that. They just immediately go into rambling. I'm, again, let's be clear. I'm not talking about small talk here. I'm talking about real conversations that we have to have. Conversations that we have to be able to effectively communicate with people. So not only can we get what we want, but they can get what they want. That's what I'm talking about. Now, let me give you guys some examples. I'll give you some real world examples. Number one, I don't have any children yet. So I'm going to use my business as, as the example. So as a mindset coach, when I get on the phone with you, already in my mind, my objective is to help you get what you want, is to help you take those steps so you can get whatever it is that you want in your life, whether that's no more anxiety, whether that is a, uh, having a life of mental freedom, uh, making progress in your life, uh, loving yourself again, um, removing the mental blocks in your subconscious mind, finding your purpose, whatever it is. My main objective when I get on the phone with you is to think about how, how can I help this person? And I see it in my mind that this conversation is going to happen in a successful way. Then what happens? We get on the call and I start asking questions. Well, tell me what's going on. What's on your mind? What do you mean when you say that you're tired? What does that really mean? Well, it means that, um, you know, I, I've been working, you know, 80 hours and, and I, I'm just, when I get home, I'm exhausted. Oh, okay. So 
okay, you're saying you're exhausted. So how, when you say you're exhausted, uh, can you tell me like how that really impacts your life? Well, when I'm so exhausted. And when I get home, I blow off my, my kids. Oh, okay. And how's that? How's that been happening? Well, you know, now my kids and me, we're not really, our relationship's not as strong as it could be. I'm sitting there listening. I'm asking questions. I want to understand what's going on. How can I help this person get what they want if I don't understand what's going on with them? If I just assume. Just because I, guys, get this. Don't make this mistake of assuming everybody is the same. Just because we use the same words does not mean we are the same, does not mean we see the world the same way, does not mean our experience is the same. So I can literally be on a phone call consecutively with three different people. They can all start off the conversation by saying the same thing. But when I dive deeper, I uncover that they all have different issues. So don't assume that you know what's really going on. Act like you don't know and ask questions. So, you know, I'm just giving you examples. Oh, you said that it's impacting your relationships with your children. Okay, how long has that been happening? Oh, for many years. Now I understand who I'm, t- I'm talking to someone who's been dealing with this for many years. It's a serious issue to them. But I've got to listen. I can't rush through this. I've got to listen to what they're saying. I got to let them let it let them get it out. I got to summarize. So I repeat I repeat back what they said to me. Oh, so let me make sure I'm clear on this. You're saying that you know, the relationship with your kids is taking a hit because you're so exhausted because you're working all these hours and it's all because you're not really working where you want to work. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Got it. Okay. So they know I'm listening. I know I'm listening. And now I can start thinking about, all right, how else can I continue to communicate with this person so we can reach a successful ending? Now, that's just an example um, when I'm on a call with a prospect or if I'm on a call with my coaching client, it's the same thing. Hey, what's going on? What's on your mind? Tell me what's been happening. Tell me more about that. Can you can you give me an example? Oh, what do you mean when you said that right there? Okay. How is that feeling for you? Okay. Do you see progress being made? Okay. Got it. What else do you think? What other questions do you have? All right. And it's it's a, a it's a I need to ask and understand what's going on with them. Okay. So I can help them. Continue to move forward. Now, when I was in the military and I was at work, like a lot of you guys are, you you work in nine to five, you're in a career. How do you apply the same principles? Well, it's very simple. If you're, think about this. I love doing this. When there is a meeting that's taking place, you if you sit back and observe, most, most people in a meeting, what they want to do is just talk. Most of the time, they just want to talk. They really are not productive when it comes to meetings. I think everybody can relate to this. You've been in a meeting and you were like, why am I here? You guys are not talking about anything, (laughs) right? So if you're a person who's at the table, 
receiving the information from someone who's leading the meeting, I think the most powerful thing you could do is ask questions so you can understand what they're saying. Now, if you're the person leading the meeting, it's the same thing. It's very intelligent of you to ask people in the meeting questions. Why? Number one, you're keeping them engaged. Number two, you're including them. Number three, now you get to hear their perspective. That helps you do what? Improve what you're going to say following what they said. Guys, this is absolutely so simple. And I'm almost baffled because I just believe that people, they just don't have the right information. There's, I don't believe there's anybody in this world that cannot become an effective communicator. You just need to follow these principles. And there's more. I'm just breaking it down to five. I haven't even got to the fifth one yet. But I'm just breaking it down to a simple five. So anyways, if you're leading the meeting, it's important to ask questions as well. And listen to their response. You know how powerful it is for someone who's leading a meeting to be able to be quiet and listen? Right? Um, now, let's say it's not a meeting and you're with your coworker or you're the manager. Let's, let's do it this way. If I'm a manager, which I was before, I had my own restaurant, a juice bar. Um, if I can go back, I would have done this more effectively. I would have asked more questions to my employees. Well, you know what? The, the, this customer was absolutely this way, and it just nothing's working. Okay, um, tell me more about that. What do you mean nothing's working? Well, you know, today the cash register, it, it tripped out. It, it didn't work. What exactly didn't work about it? Well, you know, it seems like it needed to be updated and it froze on me. Okay. See, we went from everything's break, all hell's breaking loose to really the problem is the cash register was just jacking up. And it was just that little thing that disrupted their job. So instead of you taking on their attitude of everything's blowing up as, as the manager, you get down to what the real issue is just by asking questions. Don't assume anything. Now, let's say, let's flip that around. Let's say the manager is upset. Or the manager um, is trying to get you to do something and you're not really getting it. You should be asking questions. Okay, uh, I know you said that we need to be showing up to work and doing these particular actions. Could you give me an example of that? And most above average managers will sit there and give you an example. Okay, so that that's what you mean, right? Because guys, it's a two-way street. And part of it is understanding how that other person communicates. You know, so if you're the employee and you have a manager above you and you're not getting what the manager is saying, it is so important for you to step up 
This is what I was saying for introverts. You must step up and initiate these questions. What do you mean when you say that? Can you give me an example of that? How would that act absolutely look? Now what are you doing? You're putting yourself in a position to get a clear understanding of what they mean. Not only that, but usually that manager is not only, they're going to appreciate that because they're like, oh, this person really cares. They really want to be successful in this. All right. So that's an example of the work atmosphere. Um, you want to know what the outcome is. You want to have that in your mind before. You want to ask, don't tell. You want to listen, don't rush. You want to summarize often. That's what you want to do. Now, one more example. We'll go to relationships. Which every relationship can benefit from these principles. And before I get into that, let me just say this. I think the biggest mistakes that we all make, and I think it's just because we don't know any better, is that assuming that we already know what our spouse is thinking, our girlfriend, our boyfriend is thinking, and how they communicate. Most of the time, people in relationships, they don't even know each other. They really haven't taken the time out to understand how does my wife or how does my girlfriend really see the world? Or how does my boyfriend or husband see the world? How do they like to communicate? So why is that so important? Because in a relationship, the last thing you want to be doing is creating resistance on a consistent basis. You create resistance by not understanding how to speak to each other. You create resistance by not understanding how that other person's been programmed and what they went through and what their triggers are. When you don't understand that, you're asking for more resistance. Right, So we, we have to understand, especially in a relationship, how to communicate with each other. And we should not get into the habit of assumption. When we engage in important conversation, in our, and I'm not talking about what are we going to eat tonight. You know, I'm talking about those conversations that are important. Don't assume anything. Really take the time out to listen and understand. That's going to help you be able to communicate with that person. So let's go through them again. Before you get into the conversation, are you clear on what it is that you want? Number two, are you asking questions so you can get clear on what they want? So you know what's going on in their mind. Right? Let me, get, let me give you guys a classic example. So I would say a, a great example of this would be in the beginning when I was dating my wife, she's my girlfriend at the time, I was still, I still am, but I was still, I was starting my journey. I was just in the beginning of me changing myself and really stepping into the person I wanted to become. 
Well, there are some days that were not really good. There are some days I really had a bad attitude. There were days that I was easily triggered by things. Well, because of the repetition of that, a couple of years go by and um, she becomes somewhat sensitive to that and starts thinking that, oh, I think he's getting triggered again. So both of us had to get to a point where we are now, where when we're engaging into an important conversation, I stop assuming that she's doing something or she's thinking a certain way. I want to ask questions to make sure I understand what she's really thinking about. And that's the way she talks to me now. So that instead of us just reacting to each other, and getting, out, and getting emotionally out of control, um, we're either going to do one or two things. One, we're going to sit there and ask questions so we can understand. Or two, we're just not going to have the conversation at that time. And we'll just let it go. That only happens through understanding that the only way you're going to be able to effectively communicate in your relationships is to understand this concept of wanting to, to see how they see the world, to, wanting to understand how does my spouse think. Understanding that, hey, let me ask questions first before I get into assumptions and telling them something. So instead of me assuming the worst, why don't I just ask questions? Why don't I just figure out what happened? And by taking the time out to do that, it's not an argument. Now it's more of learning more about each other. And I would say that um, that has done wonders for my relationship. Instead of assuming, we'll ask each other questions, which helps us get clear about where we're both coming from which allows us to have a productive conversation. That's my point. That is my point. When you don't take the time out to truly listen to your partner and truly understand what's going on in their mind, how do you truly ever understand them? How can you really help them? You can't. You'd be, you'd be amazed at how many people have been married for years and still don't understand how the other person sees the world still does not understand how that person communicates. You'd be shocked. You'd be shocked. There's a lot of people that they're in a relationship, but they really don't know each other because there's no effective communication. And if you really want to get to know each other on a deeper level, you need to develop this one principle for sure. Asking, don't tell. Asking, listening. Seeking to understand. How do they think? What, what's, what is on their mind? What's, what's going on? How do they process things? Understanding that. Same principle, summarized very often. You want to make sure they feel like you are listening. Same principle. There's nothing like being in a relationship and being and feeling like nobody listens. Right? So those are three examples. I went over work, I went over relationships, I went over children, 
or business. I gave you guys some prime examples. I'm going to go over these one more time and I'm going to end it with a fifth principle that is very simple. And that's why I didn't bring it up yet. So let's go through these. How do you effectively communicate with others, even if you're an introvert? Number one, you need to know what the outcome of the conversation is. What is it that you want to happen? You need to be very clear on that and feel positively about it before you engage in the conversation. The why on that is because when you take time to do that, you send a message to your subconscious mind because you got emotionally involved. It went into your subconscious mind, which does what? It changes the way that you feel. It changes your vibration. It changes your body language, your facial expressions. It absolutely plants the seed of intention that this conversation is going to go this way. And that's what your subconscious mind is going to want to go to work and start to attain. Number two, you want to ask questions, not tell. You should not really be speaking 90% of the time, especially if you're the person that's initiating the conversation. You actually should maybe be talking 20% of the time. Number three, listen, don't rush. Listen with your eyes. Listen with your facial expressions. Listen with your body language. Number four, summarize very often. They say something that you know uh, was something important. Um, you want to summarize it. You want to let them know that you are listening. Now, number five is you want to leave the conversation better off than you found it every single time. The best way to do that is always to thank the person for their time. Let them know that you appreciate that they listened. You know, and again, we'll go through these examples really quickly. I, I didn't think I needed to do it, but I'll do it anyway. If you're at work, thank the employee for taking the time out to listen to you. The employee, thank the manager for taking their time out to explain it to you. If you're in a meeting, thank the people in the meeting. Hey, thank you guys today for showing up today and truly listening to what I had to say today. You want to leave things better off than you found them. If this is your children, thank your child for listening. Let them know. What does that do? It sends a message to their mind that, hey, when I listen, it's a great thing. Um, same thing with your spouse. Thank them for taking the time out to listen to you. Thank them for taking the time out to open up to you and explain things. Let them know that you appreciate that they were communicating with you, which causes what? It causes them to want to communicate more. But if we never acknowledge that point when people get outside their comfort zone and start to communicate with you, if you don't acknowledge that, they're not associating that action with any positivity. So the best thing we can do as the other person on the other side of it is let them know, hey, I appreciate you opening up to me today. That really means a lot. And, and I want to say great job on that. that. That really made me understand more of how you think. Thank you for that. And now that person is leaving the conversation like, oh, man, I should open up more to that person. You want to leave the conversation better off than you found it. And I do this with all of my calls, whether the person becomes a client or not. I always say, hey, thank you so much for taking the time out to speak with me today. I've been very grateful of your time. And I usually try to always say something that I noticed that they were doing good in. I always try to highlight that before I end, end the conversation. Or I say, hey, you know what? If they do become a client, I usually say, hey, you know what? I'm very grateful to have you as a client. I really am. I do appreciate you trusting me. 
because I want to leave this conversation better off than I found it. I want to provide an increase. You don't want to leave a conversation uh, worse off than you found it. Now, you prevent that by following these principles. Following these principles. And for a lot of you guys out there, I know some of you guys, you guys are going to have the question is, well, what happens if we're arguing and we have a fight? I've learned in my own relationship, I don't think you should just end the conversation. You guys need to calm down and then have a conversation. It goes back to the principle I was saying in the beginning is, you got to know when not to have the conversation. You got to know when to have the conversation and when not to. If people are at the height of their anger, that's the worst time to have a conversation. Don't do that. Just wait. Be patient. That's the same thing with your children. If they're so upset, why would you be trying to tell them what to do at that time? That ain't going to work. Let them be upset. Let them get it out of their, their system. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then have this conversation with them. Because what happens is if we're trying to engage with someone who's already at the height of their anger, we're more likely to match that anger. And now you got two angry people in a conversation. That's not going to work. So for people out there that are like, well, Devore, sometimes I'm in this conversation and it turns into an argument. Then I would just say, listen, we either going to have a productive conversation or we're going to end this and we'll talk a little later about it. And I know that that could be a challenging thing to do, but I'm telling you guys, if you're constantly arguing with somebody, there's you got bigger issues. I'll put it to you like that. If you're constantly in arguments with individuals, you have bigger issues than what I talked about today. And that's a whole, that's an entirely another show. But I will tell you this: these principles today, when you go in to communicate with somebody, you can become an effective communicator and truly have productive conversations with people when you know what the outcome of the conversation that you want, when you know what it is, when you have the ability to ask questions, what's really going on? Tell me what's on your mind. What do you mean when you say that? How did that happen? How'd you come to see that? Can you give me an example? and you listen with your eyes, your facial expressions, your body language, then you summarize what they told you back to them very often, and you leave the conversation better off than you found them. That's always a conversation people will always remember. Always. Every, every conversation that ends up being a, 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 a conversation that is a meaning with somebody, my intention is to always leave it better off than I found it. So that's how you do it. That's how you do it. That's how you effectively communicate. I don't think it matters. I, I really believe it does not matter whether you are an introvert or an extrovert. These principles apply to everybody. I know this because naturally I'm introverted. Because of my military experience and as an entrepreneur, I've had to be extroverted as well. 
I'm going to tell you right now, if you believe in those labels, just understand something. You should seek to be both. You should seek to be to be both. You, you got to know when you got to step in there and tell people what it is. Then you, then you need to know when it's time for you to just shut up and listen. You have to, you have to know. And guys, get this. This is not a, um, this is not a scientific equation. This is just all feeling. You know when you need to step in and take the initiative, and you also know when you need to listen. Right. So one of the best ways, again, to do that is follow these principles. You'd be shocked at how many people will remember talking to you if you just develop the habit of asking questions. Because people love talking about themselves. But you're not just asking any type of questions. You're asking intentional questions. You're asking because you want to understand who they are, what they want, how are they thinking about something. That is a very deep, productive, emotional conversation. That's something that people will always remember about you. So regardless of what side of the fence you're on, these principles will get you to where you want to go. All right. You guys know what time it is. Um, because we have a lot of time this morning, what I'm going to do is open the, the line for you guys to call into the show. So to call in to the show, if you have a question, you will have to go over to the YouTube channel and you can access the link in the description of the video or you can access the link in the chat box. The choice is yours. So if you have a particular question or something that you want to bring to the live today, uh, call in. All right. Let's see where we're at here. Comments. Jennifer, uh, uh, Jennifer says, I remember speech class in high school. They just made it this whole awkward thing, like no actual learning of how to speak. Exactly. That's, that's the interesting thing. And that's why I said an educated person who is a person who knows how to go out there and get what they want. That is a person who knows how to effectively communicate with others. Cause that's a prerequisite to working with people so you can get what you want. Things come through people. Opportunities come through people, right? Companies are made up of people. So people are always going to be the common denominator. And if you can effectively communicate with others, you're going to find that it gets, that it becomes very simple to have success. All right.
Uh, let's see here. Westwood Heritage Design says, Hi, Devorah. Great to hear you again today. Uh, emotional maturity. Yep, that's a great way to put it. Definitely emotional security. If you guys want to call into the show, you have to go over to the YouTube channel. I don't. I do not accept calls over TikTok because I don't know who you are. And the last time I did that, let me just tell you, it was a, it was a circus. This is very interesting and life changing. Thank you. Are you a motivational speaker? Uh, I would say no. You should talk on TEDx. I should. You should open your own TV show. I should. So I don't even know how to pronounce that. What color is your Bugatti? I don't have a Bugatti. And I really am not attracted to Bugattis either. TV is programmed to watch your brain, not to guide you in correct direction. Uh, okay, I think that was answered. All right, here's a good one. When you feel like you ask too many questions when talking to someone, where do you go from there? Like, how do you move from questions to conversation? Well, I I would say it, it goes back to the same principle. So what is the point of the conversation in the first place? Like, what are you looking, what, what is it that, that you're looking to happen, right? Um, and I didn't add this as a principle, but I do think it is one. I think that you need to have some sense of when you're looking to end this conversation. So this is a great example. It, especially if you're at work, you need to, you need to know when you're, you, you're looking to end the conversation, because if you have another meeting to get to, then you should just, you should know that. And it, it allows you to think more, uh, allows you to become a little bit more effective with how you're using your time throughout the conversation. Um, now, let me say this. I don't know what type of questions you're asking, but I would say that asking questions and having a conversation, having a true conversation with somebody, I believe, is asking questions and picking their brain and they're picking your brain and going back and forth. So... I, I would need a little bit more context to your question, but on the surface, I don't really see an issue with it. Let's see here. Uh, love your page. You always provide tools that I can use. Thank you. You're absolutely welcome. And Jennifer, if you want to provide more context, definitely don't hesitate. Uh, hey, hey, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Tapping with Jazzy. How's it going? Thank you for watching. Uh, Tammy says, reprogramming our paradigms. Everything you're saying is spot on. I'm, I am an assumer and it's awful. Yeah. But it can get easier just by following these principles. Ernesto underscore Nelson says, how should you start a new dating relationship? Get this. Ernesto, it's going to blow your mind. The principles are literally the same. Principle number one, what is the point of the relationship? 
What are you looking to get in the end? Are you looking for a marriage? Are you looking for a friend with benefits? What are you, what are you, what are you doing? Most people don't ask that question. So if you're out there dating, what are you dating for? What are you truly looking for? Like, what is the outcome you're looking to get? Because that is what you need to be focused on. When you don't know what you're looking to get, you get involved in relationships you should never be involved in. So that'd be number one. And number two, how do you know that this person wants the same thing that you want? You ask questions. Well, uh, you know, what, what are you, what are you, what are you looking for right now? Are you looking for marriage? And I think that could be a question that a lot of people don't want to ask because they don't want to maybe come off awkward. But I think it's similar to the question I ask people who call me up and are looking for my help. I ask them usually in the beginning, I say, hey, are you, are you looking for an actual coach or are you just looking for information? Why? Why would I spend an hour talking to someone who wants more information when I could be spending that same amount of time with someone who's looking for a coach? Why would you spend your time going on dates with someone who's not looking for marriage when you're the one looking for marriage? That's a waste of your time. You could be spending that time looking for someone else who's looking for marriage. So that's why it's very important to ask questions. First, you need to know what you want. Then, too, you need to ask questions to figure out if they want the same thing. I think those two steps alone, when starting a new relationship, I think that would take care of most, most people's issues. Because then you would never even get into the relationship. Because you know this person doesn't have, they, they don't have the right intentions or they don't want the same thing. And by the way, um, you may have to do that a couple of times. Maybe, obviously, you may not ask all these questions on the first date, you know. Maybe you might, you know, gradually ask these questions. But the sooner you get these questions out and get a clear understanding, the better off you're going to be. I don't think everybody's always going to do that. But in a perfect world, that's what I would recommend should happen. It's a great question, Ernesto. It's why I've stayed single for a year and will continue to. I must master how to communicate. Well, listen, um, I, ne I wouldn't necessarily frame it that way. And... Um, because you'll be spending the rest of your life trying to master your communication. So you're going to be single for the rest of your life. So I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't frame it that way, Tammy. I would probably say that, um, how else are you going to practice that unless you start, um, dealing with people? There's something to be said for working on yourself but getting caught in into the habit of working on yourself to the point where you never date at all. You don't want to end up there. 
because that that's not going to like for example the guy i am today was not the guy my wife met the guy i am today is not the guy my wife met if i would have said ah oh, man i can't i i can't date you right now i can't date anybody Well, am I ever going to get into a relationship then? Probably not. So I think that's a slippery slope. I think you could do both at the same time. I think you can work on yourself and be in a relationship. I don't think anybody has a problem being in a relationship with someone as long as they are actively developing them themselves. The worst thing is being in a relationship with someone who is not doing anything. And they're and they got all these issues. But if you're at, if you're addressing your issues yourself and you're actively doing something about it and you're getting better and you're progressing, I don't see why you're not in a relationship. Are there any books or counseling that you've done with your spouse to better understand each other? It's been primary mindset. It's been primarily the stuff that we've learned from Bob Proctor. It's the stuff that I teach. We haven't had to go to any counseling. I really don't think we will have to ever because we we know how to think for ourselves. I think that's the issue is when you don't know how to think for yourself, that means you're not in control of yourself. If you're not in control of yourself, the relationship is out of out of control. So, um, I think that learning more about how to think has done more for our relationship than anything else. Now, that doesn't mean that nobody should be getting relationship advice because we have, um, We've listened to people that um, have a voice when it comes to relationships. And we've learned a lot. And um, I've also spoken with her. She has too, her grandmother. And we've learned a lot there as well. So there, there's not one thing. But if you're if you're looking for where do we start? If you're in a relationship and you want to know where do I start when it comes to improving my relationship? Is it marriage counseling? Is it relationship counseling? Is it books? What is it exactly? I say, without a doubt, hands down, the place you should be starting is learning how to think for yourself, learning about mindset, because at least. If not all of it, 90% of the issues in any relationship is all about mindset. It's just based on what the other person's thinking. That's really what it comes down to. And if you don't understand how to think for yourself, if you don't understand how to get in control of yourself, it doesn't really matter what a counselor will tell you. They'll give you all the information you need. That doesn't mean you're going to execute that information because, again, you still don't know how to think for yourself. You still have a subconscious mind that controls your behavior. If you don't understand that stuff, it's just going to be more information. 
This is what literally happens to people. They go to counseling, they get the information, but they really don't implement it. It doesn't become a habit. It doesn't become a new belief system. And the result continues to repeat itself. Generally speaking, I believe there are people out there that do walk into a counselor's office. They get the information, they get it, they go, they apply. But that is a very small selection of people. The vast majority of people are not going to apply what people are saying because they don't understand the way their mind works. Transformation comes as a result of somebody changing the fundamental way that they think. And that happens at the subconscious mind level. You don't understand that stuff? Uh, I don't see how you're going to improve anything. It starts with mindset every single time. This does not mean that this is there's only one way, right? There's multitude of ways to get there. I would say the best way and the best place to start, and I would say all books lead to this, is mindset. The way that you think will do more for your relationship, I think, than anything else. Uh, let's see here. Uh, thank you, Devor. I really love your channel. Very motivated, and I learn a lot from you. You're absolutely welcome. <laughs> Is this podcast going to be available on YouTube? Yeah, I'm on YouTube exactly right now. So, Devonica James on YouTube, you said, I don't know how to think for myself. If you're a person watching this right now and you're like, yeah, that was such a great point, Devori. I don't really know how to think for myself. You know what you can do is you can go back to last week's podcast. I'm talking Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. That would be number, um, it'd be 67, 66, and 65. Those episodes. You know what they're titled? How to Start Thinking for Yourself. Part one, two, and three. Go back and listen to those. All right. Norm, normally, Norma asks, what can you do to calm down before the next, the next court conversation? What do you mean by that? You're talking about a courtroom? What do you mean exactly? What do you mean exactly when you say that? This is from Normally Norma. All right. What can you do to calm down before the next conversation? Let's just skip the word court. Well, I think you got to go back to the principles. I think you got to spend time focusing on what you do want to happen. And use your imagination to see it in your mind first. And ask yourself, how does it feel if that was to happen for you? That'll immediately calm you down. Let me see if you answered my question. Oh, important conversation. Thank you. 
Yeah, that's what I would do. It goes back. These principles are fluid. You keep doing them. It's every time you have an important conversation, this is what you're doing. You're thinking about the outcome you want, how you want the conversation to end. You want it to end successfully. You're going into the conversation asking questions. Right? Now, I could listen, there are so many principles, but I do believe there is one that based on your question is very important. So you spent 30 seconds seeing the way you want the conversation to go. I think it's also important that when you start the conversation, you state what the goal of the conversation is. So it sounds like you're going to be having some conversations going back, back and forth with somebody. I think it's very important that sometimes you do state what the goal of the conversation is. Hey, hey I just want to talk to you because the, the goal here is I want to help X, Y, or Z, or I want us to be able to get to X, Y, or Z. So do you mind if I ask you some questions so I can start understanding? Oh, see, now you've disarmed this person. Now they're thinking in their mind, oh, okay, this person doesn't want to start this conversation trying to tell me. They're actually wanting to hear what I have to say. It's a different energy. I need to improve in my communication uh, to be able to talk right when I'm talking to doesn't matter who. I don't know if that was a question, Jen Carlos. How do you deal with a person who is always yelling when they talk and they think they're right all the time? You deal with it by following these principles. You see, when someone's yelling constantly, you have to ask yourself, am I asking questions that really makes them stop and think? So I remember I was talking to, um, let me explain what I'm saying. There's a... Um, there's this business networking group I'm a part of. And one of the business owners in there, we had a meeting together one-on-one. -on -one, and she was telling me how she would go around the office asking her employees questions. And she says that every time that she would go into the conversation asking questions, she felt and started to see how they started to react negatively to it. Like they were being questioned. And I said, all right, well, before you get into asking questions, do you set the stage? And she said, no. And I said, one of the best ways to set the stage is to ask people permission on what you plan to do. She said, oh, I, I, I've never done that. So, it, so basically what she's doing now is if an employee has a problem, Instead of her going straight into questioning mode, she first gets their permission. She first says, hey, well, in order for me to help me, is it okay if I ask you some questions so I can understand how I can help you? 
And what has that done? That's disarmed the employee. That's made the conversation go from this pressure all the way down to here. And now the employee's like, oh, okay, got it. No problem. Yeah, of course you can. It's a different energy. So you might want to look at how are you setting these questions up? How are you, how are you setting the stage with this person? Are you getting their permission to engage in this conversation? Um, that's another principle I could have talked about today is getting permission. That's why I said we don't want to engage in conversations sometimes. Sometimes we need to let them stay there and then we will engage at a better time. I think also it's important to know that sometimes it's really important to ask permission. Hey, is, is it okay if I ask you some questions so I can help you? You know, and, and because sometimes, why is that so important? Because sometimes a person's not looking for a solution right now. Sometimes they just want to vent. Now, if you're in a relationship, we all know about that. So sometimes we're looking for a solution and sometimes we're looking to vent. That's why it's important to ask questions. To set the stage to know, hey, what's really going on here? <clears throat> Excuse me. So this is a great question uh, or a statement. Jennifer says, I think I asked the wrong questions because I'll get one word answers sometimes. Or I don't know where to go. Right. Um, I think that, generally speaking, when someone gets a one-word answer, they ask a one-word question. They ask a yes or no question. So how do you how do you get past that? You have to ask open-ended questions. You know, so for example, you may say something like, you know, when you said that that upset you, could you explain to me what that, what you mean by that? Instead of saying, are you upset? Right? <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> because uh, again, we, we can't assume sometimes we think someone's saying something and it's they're attacking us and that's not what it is. They're, they, again, we're not taught how to communicate. We're just doing the best that we can. And sometimes when we go to communicate, it doesn't come out the right way. Um, and we have to understand that we cannot just sit there in a relationship or at work or with your children and think that everything that comes out of your mouth and everything that comes out of their mouth is going to be perfect. It isn't. That's why asking questions solves that issue. So no, commu no communication gets lost in translation. You want to get clear on what they meant? Just ask them questions. Yeah, it is, a, it is a practice. You know, that's why I said, I don't think anybody ever becomes perfect at this. I think this is something you do for the rest of your life. I think it's something we can really improve in within the next 30 days easily. And I think one of the things you can do to make an improvement immediately here 
is just focus on the first three principles at a minimum. See what you want to happen. Start asking questions. Who, what, where, when, how. What do you mean by that? Why do you think that is? Can you explain more of that? Can you give me an example? How do you see it that way? You know, when you ask questions like that, um, you're practicing, right? And then practice listening. Okay, uh, let's see here. Tammy says, Bob Proctor. Yes, yes. Yep, that was me and the ex in marriage counseling. Yeah, I think counseling's a great thing. I just think that sometimes it's it's a there's a cap on it because people don't know how to think. They don't understand that the change has to happen inside their subconscious mind. And if you don't understand that, you're just getting more information. That's why I tell people, just coming to me and asking me, what's the best book to read? I don't think there is an answer to that. I think, if anything, I think that's the wrong question. The real question is, is there a book that you're reading currently that you need to master what you were reading? And you do that by just choosing one page and repeating that and keep rereading that page. That's going to reach your subconscious mind. I love your calm conversations. My name is Lori. I love it. Do most of our thoughts have emotion in them or is it rare? Hard to tell. Uh, I would frame it this way, Realtor Anthony 72. Your thoughts cause your feelings. So they're not really one. It, so like, for example, if you think that you're about to get fired from your job, obviously you're going to feel what? Scared. However, you can, why, why would you feel that way? Because you believe that thought, right? How do you stay focused? Trying to stay focused. Whenever I have a limiting belief, I get distracted. Yeah. Uh, I would say that it really comes down to your burning desire and how much you are, how much you are really thinking about what it is that you want. Um, and I think step one is definitely a burning desire. Like, are you really emotionally involved in what it is that you want? When you are really emotionally involved in whatever it is that you want, you're going to do whatever is required. Yeah, those episodes about how to think for yourself would be episode number 65, 66, and 67. They're titled, How to Start Thinking for Yourself, Part 1, 2, and 3. All right. Yeah. Uh, it's my son. He's 45. He always yells when he talks to everyone. Yeah. Get this, uh, Lori. Um, 
I tell you guys often that my parents were drug addicts, but I did get to meet my biological mom. My biological mom was the same way. She doesn't know the word whisper. She only knows the word, uh, she only knows yelling. She was a very loud person. And, um, if I knew what I knew now, you know, but that's nor here nor there. I think if I could do it differently, I wouldn't yell. I would, I would quietly speak, um, and purposely try to lower the volume of the conversation by talking low. There's something to be said for that. It kind of makes the other person want to talk low too. I don't know if that's always going to work for people. Um, but that is something that you can try. Thank you. We had good communication with my children, even though I'm far away from them. I apply most of your advice. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm calm. I'm not loud. Yeah. I honestly, I don't, I don't really believe that we can really control people like that. You know, I, I think, I think there are ways to guide a conversation, but you know, it's one of those things where for me, what, what I would do if, if I'm talking to someone who's screaming or talking loudly, Um, there's no, there's no right answer. I mean, there may be a situation where I say, Hey, uh, you know, my, my, my wife's on the phone right now. Can we quietly speak about this? You know, I might, I may try that, you know, I, I don't think there's just one way to do it. I think there's multitude of things that you can try. Um, but I think the one thing that is very important for you to understand is I wouldn't allow it to get you upset. I think that's very important to understand. All right. We're going to end this. <clears throat> There's been another amazing show with you guys today. We talked about how to effectively communicate. We went through the five principles. We even added on a few more because of your guys' questions. But it's very simple. Number one, and we're going to add a couple of them that we already talked about when you guys started asking questions. How do you effectively communicate with others, even if you're an introvert? Number one is you need to know the outcome. You need to see what it is that you want to happen. Number two, set the stage. Um, let, let people know what's the purpose of this conversation. You know, or get permission. Right? Sometimes you need to ask for permission to have this conversation. Number three, ask, don't tell. Ask questions. What do you mean when you say that? Can you give me an example? How did that exactly happen? What are some things that, uh, you know, you, I should think about, you know, can you, can you give me an example of that? You know, how long has that been happening? 
this leads to principle number four. Um, listen and don't rush. Listen, don't rush. So you want to actively listen with your eyes, your facial expressions, and your body language. Um, I'm already forgetting it. It's coming back to me here. You want to summarize very often. <clears throat> Excuse me. You want to summarize very often. You want to let them know that you are listening. Because that means they're going to open up even more to you. And number six, you want to leave the conversation better off than you found it. You want to leave the conversation better off than you found it. That's exactly what you want to do. And you do that by acknowledging to that other person that you appreciate that they open up to. You appreciate that they were willing to listen. You appreciate that they were asking questions. Let them know what they did great during the conversation. And that makes them feel like, oh, I want to have another conversation just like that with this person. And so those are some principles that, again, I don't think you or any of us will ever become very perfect or perfect in them. I do believe we all can get better in those principles. And if we were to get better in those principles, even 10% better, just imagine uh, the improvements that will take place in your relationships with your children, your spouse, or even at work. All right, guys, this has been Devore Darkens Live. This has been recorded, so you can go back and replay this on the YouTube channel, Devore Darkens. And you can listen to this on Spotify, Google, Apple, or Amazon podcasts. Uh, this show is sponsored by the Purpose Conscious University. It's a university that is dedicated to helping you live your purpose in life. Uh, this is a university that shows you how to reprogram your subconscious mind, how to get the most out of yourself so you can live with purpose. <coughs> Excuse me. We have a free community. So if you want to join the free community to learn more about it, you can by going to the link in my bio and my YouTube description. And with that, uh, you guys have a wonderful day and we will catch up tomorrow. Take care, everyone.